facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, it's The Kale Clark Show. It is Monday. It is August the 28th, 2023. It's the Feast of the Great St. Augustine. And we'll talk about him later on. He was a party animal. And God uh, really made him a, a beast of the faith later on. It's an incredible story. And also going to talk about Catholics and superstition. I'm going to give you a little quiz. How superstitious are you? This is not necessarily a good thing. We Catholics are often accused of being nothing but superstitious. Well, we're going to put that to rest as well. But it's going to be a fun show. It's going to be a fun week. I'm so glad that you joined me. Let me give out the phone number right now. 888 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. It's a toll-free line to talk to me for free here at Relevant Radio. You can also email the program. Kale at RelevantRadio.com, C-A-L-E at RelevantRadio.com. And by the way, this is a great way uh, to send in show ideas. If you if you want to be a shadow producer for the Kale Clark Show, this is how to do it. Send me a link. Uh, send me an article that you think I might have a good take on, something interesting. If it makes the cut, it's going to get on the show. We'll give you full credit. We're working on T-shirts, shadow producer T-shirts. No, I don't know. We, we have, we're not really, but maybe we should. Um, actually, I'm going to start off with something from Patrick Alog. Patrick Alog sent me a really nice story, which we're going to look at. So thank you, Alog. And uh, he's working the phones right now, 888 He's the one who gave me this really interesting piece on Catholics and superstition. Another thing you can do is tag me on social media, at Kale Clark on the X app, C-A-L-E Clark with an E. It's also formerly known as Twitter, if you're wondering what the X.com app is. And Elon, of course, changed the name. But my account is still the same, at Kale Clark. All right. So let, let's 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 get to this really quick. We also have the week that was, by the way. Producer Jim Shaper's been working hard on that. That's that's going to be interesting. That's coming up as well. Lots to get to on this particular Monday. It's really really interesting stuff on the Kale Clark show. So let let's check this out. This is an interesting piece that uh, Patrick Alog sent me, and it's from the National Catholic Register, written by Patty McGuire Armstrong. And it's really a quiz, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys this quiz to see where you're at, to, to test your acumen, if you will. Can you recognize superstition when you see it? Now, what's genuine faith? What is actually superstition? So it's going to be a 10-question a quiz, and I'm really excited about this. And uh, Patrick Alog, you might be regretting sending me this because you're going to get a lot of calls here in just a minute. So um, let me give out the questions here, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. And I will give you the right answers. And and by the way, I may or may not have done some of these things myself in the past. And I and I'll fess up to it. I'll admit it. It's confession time. I, I, you know, if, if my if my struggles and foibles can help somebody, then I'm all for it. And so, uh, Patty Armstrong, who who wrote this this piece, has has apparently talked to a lot of exorcists about this this issue. Now, why why would she do this? Because exorcists apparently say that sometimes superstition can be a gateway into the occult. And, and can, you can really unwittingly sometimes open yourselves up to things that are not of God. And uh, that, you don't want to be there. You don't want to do that, of course. And uh, in the book of Leviticus, in chapter 19, it says, don't turn to ghosts or consult spirits by which you will be defiled. Now, it's, it's 
something that, that Catholics are often accused of as a superstitious practice and uh, flat-out occultic practice is necromancy, this, this idea of consulting the dead. And they say, you Catholics with your pantheon of saints and, and, and the intercession of the saints, this is nothing more than consulting the dead. Well, not really, because that was a, a banned practice in the Old Covenant time. And people would often do this for, for a reason. They wanted to find out the future. You know, What are the winning lottery numbers going to be next week? Tell me now. And this was this is a sort of a dangerous invocation of, of evil spirits. However, uh, the intercession of the saints is not that at all. In fact, we're not consulting the dead. We're consulting the living. They're more alive than you and I are because they're in the presence of the Lord. They're in heaven. Uh, and this is what it says in, in the New Testament. The spirits of the just made perfect. And hey, if the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, as it says in the letter of James, that is certainly the case for people who ha- who are in heaven because they've been purified. Either they skipped right over purgatory or they've gone through it and they are now in the presence of the Lord because you can't, if you're going to stand in the presence of the Lord, you, you've got to do so in a purified manner. That That's for sure. And anyways, having said that, that, that's what the saints do for us. They pray for us just as your friends and family do on earth. You might ask someone to pray for you here and now why not ask the saints who have gone before us to pray for you in the letter to the Hebrews. They're like a stadium full of people, if you will, cheering us on in the arena of life. Okay, so that's not what we're doing. That's for sure. But we do have to make sure that um, we're always putting God first in everything that we do, and we we don't want to engage in superstitious practices. Now, some, some things that people call superstition really are not. They're just fun activities that, that really no harm is done. So Patty Armstrong has, has put together this true or false questionnaire, as it were, based on conversations that she's had with exorcists about which things are superstitious, things that Catholics sometimes do, and which are not. So are you ready for the quiz? All right, let's do it. Oh, by the way, I just got a, uh, a note. Patrick Alog is not on the phones. Maybe maybe he knew that this was going to happen. He got a premonition, so he's not here. But it's young Thomas. Young Thomas is on the phone. The famous young Thomas. And uh, glad to have you, Thomas. Appreciate that. So once again, that number, 888-914-9149. Okay, so here's the quiz on superstition. All right, question number one. Now, these are all true or false. So you can call in, and it's really easy. It's just a simple true or false. Okay, so 888-914-9149. Okay, so question number one. So I'll give out the questions now. We'll give you the answers in just a bit. Question number one, reading horoscopes just for fun is not a problem if you don't believe in them. Reading horoscopes for fun is not a problem if you don't believe in them. That's question number one. Is it true or false? Question number two, there's nothing wrong with wearing a lucky shirt for a big challenge. There's nothing wrong with wearing a lucky shirt. That's interesting. Well, I I don't have a lucky shirt. I don't know if I should say this. I do have a lucky pair of underwear. <laughs> Why do I wear this? You know, just days when I really want to, I don't know, just I, I need it to be a big day. I've had them for a while. They're kind of falling apart. They, they truly are holy underwear. Um, this is probably way more information than you wanted to know. So, but but this is, this is a question that I have a, a stake in. Is there anything wrong with wearing a lucky shirt or lucky undergarments? <laughs> uh, let me know. True or false. All right. Question number three. 
Question number three on this superstition quiz for Catholics. Blessed metals can be used for spiritual protection. Blessed metals can be used for spiritual protection. Hmm. Okay, you might have a St. Christopher medal or something like that. True or false? Question number four. Throwing pennies into a wishing pond and making a wish is okay if it's just for fun. I don't know if you've been to the Trevi Fountain in Rome, but can you imagine how much money the Trevi Fountain rakes in? I don't know who collects it all at the end of the day. Question number five. Curses are real and can harm you. This is interesting. This is very interesting. Has anybody ever put a curse on you or or attempted to do that? If so, do you need to worry about this? Is it real? Can it harm you? True or false? Question number six. Oh, this is a popular one. I think we're going to get a lot of calls on this one. If you're trying to sell your house and you bury a St. Joseph statue, and I don't know if you know this, but according to the rubrics, you're supposed to bury the statue of St. Joseph upside down. We'll talk, we'll talk to you about this in just a minute. Burying a St. Joseph statue to try to sell your home is an acceptable Catholic practice. True or false? That's question number six. Question number seven, praying the same short prayer over and over and over like a mantra is more superstitious than prayerful. That's question number seven, praying the same prayer over and over again, a short prayer, like a mantra is more superstitious than prayerful. True or false? Question number eight, knocking on wood. My mother does this all the time, knock on wood, you know. If this doesn't happen, knocking on wood to ward off bad luck after tempting fate is a harmless habit. I hope my mom is listening to this program right now. True or false? She'll probably call in, actually. We'll see. Question number nine. Holy water is only a symbol, not something with power attached to it. If you treat it as having power, you are superstitious. (laughs) I think the answer to this one might be pretty obvious, but I'll read it once again. Holy water is only a symbol, not something with power attached to it. If you treat it as having power, you, my friend, are superstitious. True or false? And then question number 10. This is something that's often done uh, on New Year's Day or, or the Epiphany. Traditionally, it's done then. Or when you move into a new house, say you've, maybe you've used the St. Joseph statue. Should you? Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, but say you've, you've bought a new house and you're moving in and you're having a house blessing done and you chalk the door. You, t- you take a piece of chalk and you put the epiphany blessing. I'll explain what that is later. Uh, and you write it over the doorway. Is this the same thing as doing something like putting a horseshoe over your door? Is this nothing more than, than simply a symbol of protection? True or false? True or false? Is, is there any equivalency between... I've never seen somebody actually do this. Apparently, this is a thing. Put a horseshoe over their doorway as a symbol of protection. Is that is that the same thing as chalking a door with an epiphany blessing? True or false? So, interesting questions. And uh, you can call in. Tell me what you think. We'll, we'll give you the we'll give you the um, the scoop. But I want you to have your say. Young Thomas will be on the phones. He'll take your call. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Just tell me which question you're you're trying to answer. And uh, if you don't remember the numbers, that's okay. Just remember the topic. I'm sure you have a, a hot take on this. 888 914 9149 is the number. But right now, 
got a special treat for you. We're going to play for you. In case you missed anything last week, it was a, it was a banner week on the show. Here's the week that was on the Kale Clark Show. Check it out. This guy, Adonijah, goes to Bathsheba and says, I pray that you would ask King Solomon. He will not refuse you. He will not refuse his mother to give me Abishag the Shunammite as my wife. And Bathsheba says, very well, I will speak for you to the king. So she goes to King Solomon to talk to him on behalf of this guy, one of her subjects. And King Solomon, when she comes into the room, he stands up to meet, to meet her, to greet her. He bows down to Bathsheba. And then he sits down on his throne. And then he has another seat, another throne, if you will, brought for the king's mother. And she sits down at his right hand. One of the, the roles, one of the duties of the queen mother is to intercede for her subjects, to present their case to the king. And also the queen mother served as kind of an advisor for her son. Mary is the Gebira. She is the queen. She is the queen mother, the great lady. She's in the heavenly courts. We ask her to intercede to her son, King Jesus, for us. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours, so I can sit out here and waste my life away. Oliver Anthony himself lives in Virginia. It's this, this whole idea that nobody sympathizes with the ordinary, common, working men and women of America the problems that they're having and and the elites of society the one percent they they don't want to hear about this let's go to rita in las vegas i'm really just blown away by the lyrics that this young man feels that comes from his heart i think that that's how god works though he brings down the rich hmm. and raises up the poor and so this is God's way of waking up the world through a poor man and through his words of truth. But we do have to wake up as a world. What is the theory of skin in the game? Well, it's essentially it's, it's that you, you need to have a shared risk. There's a lot of asymmetry that's out there in the world. And Talib talks about this concept that's called in economics, missing incentives. Uh, one actor gets all the rewards, the other person is stuck with all the risks. So here, here's an example of that. Say you've got a financial advisor and they pocket a percentage of your portfolio, however much money you've got invested, 2%, 3% of the pot, whatever it is. Then if there's no downside for them, if they don't, if they don't have to assume any of the risk, like for example, their, their pay gets docked by the amount that your portfolio is tanking. If it's tanking 10%, he loses 10% of his income. That's usually not the case. There's usually no downside for these guys. So they're incentivized to take big risks, take big swings to try to make more money. And hopefully you'll make more money too. But if they if they fail at this and you lose, they kind of get off scot-free. And this is a huge problem in society. We have about 600 uh, life runners on the island of Fiji. Who knew? And those 600 you know, islanders, they adopt the state of Utah every year in all the little 5K segments, and they team up and complete and register for all those segments across the state of Utah. The goal is to get people out there, Brooke, wearing their witness, wearing a message, being that billboard, if you will, where someone sees that, and it ties us right back into the step. 
78% of post-abortion women said all they would have needed was one sign of encouragement and they wouldn't have aborted their child. That's the Across America Relay for Pro-Life. That was the week that was on the Kale Clark Show. And my thanks to Brooke Taylor for sitting in for me this past Friday. And that last voice you heard was Dr. Pat Castle from Life Runners talking about the Across America Relay for Life. What a great cause. And if you want the website for that, by the way, you can check it out. It's liferunners.org, liferunners.org. My thanks to another runner. He's a big runner, producer Jim, for putting that together the week that was. If you missed any of the episodes that we had last week, they're archived for you on the Relevant Radio app. And if you haven't downloaded the Relevant Radio app on your smartphone, what are you waiting for? It's awesome. It's going to get even more awesome. We've got some really cool changes We've got in store for you, all for the better. But it's pretty amazing right now, and you can stream all of our programs. You can share them with a friend, uh, post them on social media, help them to go viral. And it's really, really something that we all ought to do. Spread the good word about Relevant Radio. We're constantly getting in new markets. I read a really interesting piece, actually, interviewing Father Rock. He was in the Detroit Catholic. Really great article about how Relevant Radio is expanding, um, as you know, we recently expanded into into the uh, into the Motor City area, Detroit, Michigan. Got some great towers there now, and we continue. Uh, we've got over 200 radio stations now across the United States, plus streaming, plus broadcasting on the internet on relevantradio.com, bringing Christ to the world through the media. Well, I, I gave you guys the quiz on Catholics and superstition, and maybe you have some other superstitions that weren't even mentioned there. Uh, are they Catholic? Uh, really great Catholic practices, or are they superstitious? Let me know. Uh, but you can call in with your answers to the quiz, 888-914-9149. We'll be right back with your responses right after this. Here's a little superstition from the great Stevie Wonder. Be right back. and how you can live it and share it too. It's Kale Clark on Relevant Radio. All right, we are, here we go, can you hear this? Cracking open a new segment on the show on this Monday, Feast of the Great St. Augustine. The great thing about radio is I could literally be drinking anything, but just Diet Cola, that's all. I'm, I'm trying to caffeinate myself, trying to... Just, I'm already so excited. I don't know how I could get more excited about this. We're talking about the Catholic Superstition Quiz. And it's time now for the answers to the questions. I know you guys have a take on this. You guys have called in. We still have a couple lines open if you want to get in on this. 888-914-9149. We gave out the questions. I'll, I'll read them again before the break. want to see what you guys think. Let's go to Carolyn on line one. Carolyn in Elk Grove, Illinois. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. What do you think about this? What do you have an answer to okay. to one of the question quizzes? Oh, you know what? I was taking note on all of them. I say false to all of them. My answer think, is false okay. on one through ten. Ah, you think they're all false? Okay, we'll we'll see if you're right, Carolyn. I appreciate the call and thank you so much for listening to the Kale Clark Show. So stay tuned, Carolyn. Appreciate you, and we will figure out if you were indeed correct. Let's go to Joe in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hello, Joe. Uh, good, good afternoon, sir. Good to have you on the program. Uh, 
Well, uh, I'm a 60-year-old Southern Baptist from Oklahoma, and I got to say, I've never heard of any of those except for maybe the lucky T-shirt. So <laughs> to most Southern Baptist or, or Baptist in general, it's a kind of a foreign idea of all the uh, mm. things you brought up. We, we never even really talk about that stuff or it, it don't even, uh, it, I can say it's like a whole new perspective on things for me. I never really thought of all that stuff. Yeah, and, it's... Uh, we don't have medals and uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Hey, Joe, uh, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate that. One of the things I love about Relevant Radio is that we have people from all walks of life and all different backgrounds listening to our programs. And I have a lot of friends who are Southern Baptist, Joe. And you're right. Like some of the stuff, you, you must be listening to it thinking, where is this coming from? Well, keep listening. Hang in there with me. We'll try to answer some of these questions and we'll tell you which are legit and which which are not, which are pure superstition. So uh, we're going to keep going here. And let's let's go with um, let's go with question number one here. Question number one, and again, these are all true true or false questions based on a, a series of questions produced by Patty Armstrong. She wrote a piece on this in the National Catholic Register. So, question number one: Reading horoscopes just for fun is not a problem if you don't believe in them. Well, this is actually. Not the case. Okay, so it is a problem. So this is false. This is false. You can't read horoscopes just for fun. This actually kind of goes against the first commandment. Um, If you read them just for fun, Patty Armstrong says you need to find a new hobby. Um, A a lot of this is, is, you know, it's clearly against the idea of of faith in God and and trusting our future to Him. And there's there's actually a Piece. I'll get into some more detail if we have time, time permitting, on how how it is that they are in fact sins of putting God against putting God first in your life. So, okay, so question number two. A lot of people are asking about this. Uh, Joe mentioned the lucky shirt just a minute ago. Is there anything wrong with wearing a lucky shirt or having something like that? A lucky garment. I talked about my my lucky underwear. Maybe I ought not to have. But uh, some people say that this is nothing superstitious at all. Um, but some people say it is. I think it all depends on your intent. Uh, with a lot of these questions, your intent is going to really play into what, what the answer is. It's, some of these aren't so cut and dry. If you're wearing a, a garment to help you, you know, feel good, you know, I feel my best, I feel like I look my best when I wear this, it just gives me confidence for whatever reason, that's not a big deal. But if you actually think that this object somehow will really bring you luck, has some sort of magical properties, that's not a good that's not a good thing at all because it would describe some sort of power to that object. And that would be that would be superstitious. So it all depends. Um, producer Jim, he sent me a little note reminding me of uh, yeah, and I, I know this very well. The great Michael Jordan, when he played for the Chicago Bulls, he was very famous for wearing his University of North Carolina powder blue shorts underneath his Bulls uniform because, of course, he went to Carolina, and that was just kind of his his nod to his alma mater and maybe brought back some good memories. Of course, he hit the winning shot in the March Madness tournament in 1982, very famously, kind of how he got on the national radar, really. And so probably just drawing from those great memories. Nothing wrong with that. But if he actually thought, hey, when I put on these shorts... I become this super player named Michael Jordan, and I, I only can do these things because I'm wearing the shorts. If I didn't have them, if they were in the wash, then 
you know, I'd be washed up. No, that that would that would be superstitious. Would not be the case at all. So maybe my lucky garment is safe after all. I don't know because I, I certainly don't think it has any magical powers. That's for sure. All right. So what about question number three? Blessed metals, holy metals, can be used for spiritual protection. Let's go to Steve in Wisconsin on line five. Hey, hey, Steve, what, what do you think? What do you think about this question? The blessed metals? Yeah, what do you think? Well, absolutely. Yeah, yes, true. It can be used for spiritual protection. Okay. Well, hang on the line, Steve, because I know you, you want to get in on some of these other, other questions as well. So hang on. So let, let's, let's, let's see what, um, let's see what we, uh, what we have here. Um, there's a, there's a piece on, uh, on another Catholic website that talks about this. And re- really, these are what are called sacramentals. They're not sacraments, but they're sacramentals. So the power of God has the ability to protect us. But um, there are times throughout history that God has revealed through a saint, perhaps, that, hey, if, if you wear, say, the scapular, for example, St. Simon Stock, uh, very, very uh, big proponent, of course, of the scapular, uh, Our Lady's protection through her prayers. Uh, there are times throughout throughout the ages that God has revealed through a saint that God will grant protection, some sort of healing, perhaps, if you wear something like a scapular or or, or a medal. Th- that is true. That is true. Uh, a little caveat about that is that these are mostly private revelations. That's not saying they're not legitimate by any stretch of the imagination. I, I wear the scapular. Uh, many of you do as well. But we always have to remember that that many of these revelations given through saints are private revelations. Catholics don't have to believe in private revelations, only in public revelations. Having said that, there's certainly a lot of private revelations that are legit, in my view, in the view of most Catholics. Um, but at any at any rate, it's God who's doing the protecting, no matter what. Um, and, uh, anyways, uh, we, this isn't sort of a magical talisman that, that sometimes you see people, um, driving around with their rosaries hanging from the rear view mirror. I, I don't have a problem with that as long as maybe the, if it's a convenient place to store your rosary and you, you're in the habit of praying it in the car, as I often do when I'm on long car trips, um, that's a good thing. Oh, it's there. It's easy to find. If you're hanging it there thinking that, and you never pray it, and you're thinking this is some sort of a magic talisman that will protect me from injury or a car crash, that's not how it works, okay? It's meant to be prayed, and uh, God is the one who does the protecting, for sure. Anyways, a little, little, uh, little sidebar there on that. Um, so we, we always have to kind of keep that, keep that in mind. All right, now what about, this is, a, this is an interesting question, question number four. Throwing pennies into a wishing well or the Trevi Fountain in Rome, what have you. <laughs> Maybe a, a little fountain at the shopping mall, your local super mall. Uh, and making a wish. Th- that's okay if it's done just for fun. Is it really okay? Uh, let's go back to Steve on line five. Steve, uh, going to give you another shot here. What do, you, what do you think about this one? Oh, the, the coin? Yeah, is it superstitious or not? Yeah. I think that is the same as the shirt. It, it, it's intent, or the horse—not the horseshoe. It's intent. If you if you believe that you throw a coin in and it it could come true, 
because of that or your wish, then that's you're off. But if you're mm-hmm. just tossing it for fun and have no thought after that, that's okay. Yeah, I, I, great, great point, Steve. I actually agree with that. I, I do agree with that. If, if you if you're literally thinking that if you throw a coin in a fountain that you're going to get a quote unquote wish answered. Uh, you're off track if you sincerely believe that. If you're if you're doing it because it's sort of a cultural thing to do, when in Rome, quite literally in this case, if you're at the Trevi Fountain, uh, Nick Sentovich and his beautiful wife Olivia just came back from a honeymoon in Rome. I'm sure they did this. I haven't asked Nick about this. He's one of the producers at Relevant Radio. But if they were walking along by the Trevi Fountain and they threw a coin in the fountain, because this is what you do when you're in Rome, they're serious Catholics. They don't really think that it's, it's going to sort of answer any wish that they might have then that that's fine. If you're kind of doing it just for fun and everybody's kind of aware of that, uh, I don't think it's a big deal. Somewhat like blowing out candles on a birthday cake. Make a wish, blow out the candle. Okay. Catholics do this too. Uh, we're, we're, we're sincerely praying about things that, 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 we, that we need in, in life, but there's nothing wrong with that, as long as your intent is, is correct. And I think Steve's right about that. It's A lot of this stuff, it's all about the intent all right, let's let's go to question number five. This is this is an interesting one. This idea: if somebody puts a curse on you or a hex of some sort on you, is it real? Can it actually harm you? And this is where again, Patty Armstrong, who wrote this article, she apparently has interviewed a lot of exorcists about these topics. And this one, this one, the answer is: it depends on you. It depends on you. Should you be afraid if somebody puts a curse on you? Exorcists frequently see people, she says, suffering from curses. And Father Vincent Lampert, who who is an exorcist in the Diocese of Indianapolis, he says that if you have faith, you need not fear something like this. And so this is what uh, Father Vincent Lampert says, exorcist. He says, quote, The power of God is greater than the power of evil. I don't carry a bag of tricks with me. I bring the power and authority of Jesus Christ that he has given to his church. If we stay away from the occult, go to Mass, have faith in God, and pray, we are protected, and even a curse will bounce off of us. The devil is already on the run. If you're going to church, and especially if you're receiving communion on a regular basis, People, so he basically says that if you really want to, you know, avoid any any effects of evil in your life, you've got to really start practicing your faith. You've really try, got to try to grow in it. He goes on to say this quote: If people are not going to change anything about their life, then throwing holy water at them and praying will do nothing. They have to be willing to pray and draw closer to God. End of quote. End of quote. I think that that's interesting because a lot of people who who ask questions like this, hey, you know, they're, they're looking for some sort of a magic bullet. They they just want the defense against the bad thing, uh, and and they they're not necessarily interested in changing their life and trying to become more obedient to Jesus Christ and trying to become a saint in the middle of the world. They they just want to avoid the bad outcome. If somebody, hey, if somebody puts a curse on me, how do I deflect it? Um, can I put up a force field of some sort? spiritually speaking, but, but he says, look, if, you are all, if you're trying to become a disciple of Jesus Christ and you're serious about your faith, then th- this is exactly what Scripture says. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And, and how do you do that? You obey the commandments. You frequent the sacraments. You read the Scriptures. You pray. 
get close to God. And, and you're not so worried about some, a lot of this other stuff if that is the case. Um, so I, I, th- I think those are, those are wise words by Father Vincent Lampert. All right, you're listening to the K.O. Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Let's, let's roll on here. We've got another, this is a big one. This is a really, really big question here. And it's the question about, should you bury a statue of St. Joseph in your yard, upside down, allegedly, if you're trying to sell your house? So this was question number six in our superstition poll here. So true or false, burying a St. Joseph statue is an acceptable Catholic practice. Let's go to Linda in Orange, California. Hello, Linda. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Good, thanks for calling in. What, what's your take on this question? I think it's false. I think that you have to depend on God to uh, sell your house, not a statue. Okay, so you'd say don't do it. This is, uh, this is false in your books, and this is superstitious. So, okay. And, you know, but I, I would not do it. Okay, okay. Well, hey, Linda, I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for the call. And uh, a lot of smart Catholics uh, agree with you, actually. Um, Father Don Calloway, maybe you've heard of him. He's got an interesting conversion story, to say the least. And he wrote a book about consecration to St. Joseph. And he said this, quote, Statues represent a person and are meant to be venerated above the ground, not buried in the ground. Whatever you do, he says, Never bury a statue of St. Joseph upside down. People sometimes do this bizarre practice as a form of spiritual bribery, promising to turn the statue of St. Joseph right side up if only their home is sold. Such a practice is akin to to treating a statue of St. Joseph as a talisman or a good luck charm. St. Joseph is your spiritual father, not a trinket. End of quote. All right, so that's that's the opinion of Father Don Calloway on this. He said it's basically, again, trying to use St. Joseph as some sort of a talisman or, or the statue of St. Joseph in this case. And this whole idea, you bury the statue upside down in your yard, and then you turn him upside down, maybe unbury it <laughs> if your house is sold. You know what's interesting? My, my parish uh, church actually used to have this sort of like little gift shop, and a lot of parishes have these little gift shops where you can buy rosaries and, and books and things like that in, in the lobby. And they actually sold kits for, there's St. Joseph kits for selling your home. And, and there's a little statue of St. Joseph, and it gave you instructions. This is how you do it. And, and, and you bury the statue upside down, and this is, there's a way to do it, and yada, yada, yada. And so this is a, this is a big thing. And, and maybe, maybe some of you guys have, have actually tried this in the past. Now, here confession time here, folks. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I have, I have to be honest with you. I've actually done this in the past. I've actually done this in the past. And you know what? It actually worked. It actually worked. I, 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 when I sold my home, I, I did bury a statue of St. Joseph in the ground. I didn't bury him upside down. I didn't, I didn't know anything about this tradition, really, at the time. I'd heard of it and buried a statue uh, of St. Joseph in the yard. And guess what? The house sold in one day. And I actually thought, well, that's through the intercession of St. Joseph. And I, I, I was actually asking for the intercession of St. Joseph, and, and it didn't cross my mind. You say, oh, how foolish could you be, Cale? But it actually didn't cross my mind that this was any kind of, uh, uh, you 
know, I wasn't trying to denigrate St. Joseph in any way, far from it. I, I was asking for his prayers, and I just thought, well, maybe, I don't know where this tradition comes from. I've heard of this. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, but maybe I, maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe I shouldn't have. And certainly, um, anyway, so that was, that was my confession time, so I hope you'll absolve me of my sin there. But um, I like what he said, Father Donald Calloway, when he said that statues are to be venerated above ground. You know, this whole idea of burying a statue Eh, maybe that's not such a, a great... But so, again, with this one, too, I think a lot of it is the intent. If your intent is to ask St. Joseph for his intercession, that's always a good thing. That's all, I always advise friends and family members, if they're trying to look for a new place to live, invoke St. Joseph, because he did such a good job taking care of the Holy Family and providing a, a good, safe place for them, the flight into Egypt and, and in Nazareth as well, of course. Um, but hey, anyways, that, that's, that's one that comes up a lot. You're listening to the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149. Okay, let's, let's take a quick call here. Uh, got time for one little quick call before we take a break. Let's go to Patrick in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Kale. How are you? Good, good. What, what, you have a good. comment on, uh, uh, on the yeah, listen, I Yeah, I just bought a, a, believe it or not, I just bought a St. Benedict metal at one of the local stores i was doing some research on it and um it's saying that uh, you know it's a symbol for um uh, protects from curses evils and vice protects against diseases and good health and on the reverse side in latin it says uh, be gone satan but apparently they use the saint benedict used this uh in his exorcisms um hmm. so that's that's what that is Oh, Patrick, I'm so sorry you're, you're, you're breaking up there. We were kind of losing the call there. Just a bad, bad connection. Um, that's interesting. I, I don't actually know too much about the St. Benedict medal in particular. I can't, I can't really comment on, on that. So I'd have to do a little bit of, a little bit of research, um, on that one. And, um, Hey, uh, I'm not going to Google it now because I'm, I'm in the middle of hosting a show, but that's not my area of expertise, but it's something uh, interesting I should uh, probably follow up on. Having said that, having said that, there is something I, I do know a little bit of something about. I don't know everything, but um, I've done a lot of research on Jesus, the evidence for Jesus. I did this because I was a huge skeptic uh, growing up. I became an agnostic in high school and university, had uh, fell away from my faith. Oh, <laughs> Man, I really, really missed out on a lot of catechesis growing up. So I had to relearn everything almost from scratch. And so I'm passing that on to you. Uh, we just started a brand new series. And in fact, um, no, it's starting tomorrow. It's starting tomorrow um, on The Faith Explained. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Epi you, so you can come out at the ground floor here. Episode number one of Jesus 101 is going to be starting tomorrow, 1230 Central on The Faith Explained. You can catch the podcast later. And it's kind of back to school time. Kids are back in school. Students are back in university. And we all have to keep learning about our Catholic faith. We need to keep up our formation or else we kind of lose it. It's like learning a language. You know, if you don't practice it, uh, sometimes you can forget. And our faith is constantly under fire, constantly under question, constantly under challenge from a secular world. And, and they're also sincere inquiring minds, friends, family members, coworkers that really want to know. Uh, they're looking for hope. And so... This is really all about Jesus, and how can we be sure of what we know about Jesus? How can we know that we know what we know about Jesus, uh, if that makes any sense? Uh, we're going to get into history. We're going to get into archaeology, 
did Jesus really exist? Did he do miracles? Did he rise from the dead? Is there any evidence outside the Bible for Jesus? Uh, how do we rightly understand this? Can we trust what the Bible says about it? All of those questions and more will be answered. So I hope you'll join me starting tomorrow for Jesus 101, 1230 Central on The Faith Explained on Relevant Radio. Got to take a quick break right now, but we'll be right back with the rest of the answers to this superstition quiz. 888-914-9149. Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Faith, facts, and fun. It's the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Have a question? Give Kale a call at 888-914-9149. Hey, we're having a really good time on the show today. We're taking the Catholic superstition quiz. How superstitious are you? What practices truly are superstitious and, and really are not in accord with the Catholic faith? And what are sort of not? Um, they're totally fine. 888 9149. We did give out the questions earlier. I've got some people on the line that have some answers. And we'll go through the last couple of questions in just a second. Really interesting. Getting a lot of response on this question about whether one ought to bury a statue of St. Joseph in their yard when you're trying to sell your home. Let's go to line number eight. Sharon is on the line in Walnut Creek, California. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Kale. I enjoy your show very much. Um, you're just so upbeat. And I'm not one of the really young people. I'm I'm a senior lady, but I really enjoy it. And honestly, about St. Joseph, I don't think it's superstition. I think that I have done it many times. It. I thought it was an Italian custom, which is my background. Mm-hmm. And I honestly believe that I have a promise to St. Joseph that he is always honored in my home. And it was, I felt like I was working with a team with him. I didn't feel like it was, a, you know, a, a kind of a worship kind of thing. I was just using him as, as an intercessor. Mm-hmm. Sharon, I think a lot of people actually agree with that take. I, I think there, there's kind of a split here on whether or not, I don't, I don't know if there is an answer, like you should or should not do this. I think it, it, a lot of it depends. And, and Sharon, thank you for your kind words. Really appreciate you listening. And thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, this whole idea of let St. Joseph be your real estate agent, if you will. And, and Producer Jim, you have kind of a, you have some experience with this too. These, these kits are really popular, aren't they? Yeah, I worked at a Catholic uh, supply shipping company once before, and I mean, we sold so many of them; it was unbelievable. Um, but uh, you know, when the, <laughs> popular, when the housing yeah. market's hot, you know, it, that's that's <laughs> people want to sell their house. And when it's not hot, I guess that's even more when it's a when it's a you know a, a more of a buyer's market. But uh, yeah, we we buried one, and it was right side up. We didn't bury it upside down, and and we said a prayer. It was a blessed statue, and you know, I think like some of the other callers have said, it's, it's about the intent and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, when I did it, it was, it was, I mean, the intent was good. I mean, I, I had no conception of this being, uh, you know, uh, trying to use St. Joseph as a talisman of some sort. Uh, I, I knew there was no guarantee. I just simply asked for his intercession and, uh, we did happen to sell the house in a day, like I said. So anyways, well, that, it's, that's an interesting question. So a lot, lots of uh, debate on that one. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. So, yeah, if you have a st- statue of St. Joseph, don't put, don't put like a Century 21, you know, yellow jacket on it or anything like that. But, but you can certainly ask for his intercession for sure. Okay, so let, let's continue on with the quiz here. 
Question number seven. This this is uh this is intriguing. Praying the short praying the same short prayer over and over and over again like a mantra is more superstitious than prayerful. True or false? Well, um, according to Patty Armstrong, she says, no, it's not superstitious. If you repeat the short prayer over and over, it'll hopefully connect you with God. A mantra is different. That, that's repeating the same phrase over and over again and, and, and believing that the phrase itself has some sort of power. That would be sort of more of an occultic practice. But, but I, I do this all the time, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with repeating the same prayer again and again. And this kind of gets into a little bit the whole notion of repetitious prayer. A lot of people say, you Catholics are being unbiblical, you know, you're into this repetitious prayer, saying the same prayers over and over again. Well, Jesus did that too, by the way. Um, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed the same thing three times. Um uh, the, the cherubim, the seraphim before the throne of God are always singing, as it says in Revelation, holy, holy, holy. They never stop. They never stop saying this before God's throne. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He never gets tired of it. Uh, just like we never get tired of our spouse saying, I love you, or, or a child, or, or whatever the case may be. So, And I do this all the time. Like I'll, I'll, I'll just pray the divine mercy prayer very simply. Jesus, I trust in you, and I'll I'll say that a lot. You know, especially when I'm worried or stressed about something, I just kind of try to put it into His hands, or take a line from Scripture and just use that uh, again and again throughout the day um, as something you want to focus on. Maybe you could take the words of John the Baptist: "He must increase, I must decrease." You know, you're going up and down the stairs. <laughs> you can say that. It's a good time to say it. He must increase, I must decrease, Jesus must become greater, I must become less. That's a good one. So, I, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, if you're using it as a prayer and praying the same prayer over and over again, that, that is not a problem. What about question number eight? We got a couple more questions here. Knocking on wood. Yeah, we we hear this a lot. You know, knock on wood. Knocking on wood to ward off bad luck after tempting fate is a harmless habit. Okay. I know a lot of people that do this. Uh, maybe you do as well. Where does this come from, by the way? Apparently, this comes from old myths about spirits in trees. It's kind of a, a pagan um, practice from, from ages gone by. Uh, good and bad spirits in trees. Um, maybe it's from Guardians of the Galaxy. I am Groot. <laughs> I don't know. But... Uh, um, some people actually think there's a Christian basis to this, by the way. The wood of the cross. The wood of the cross. Knock on wood. It's like, you know, I'm trusting in the cross. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, again, I think this one comes down to intent. And um, if you are knocking on wood, thinking about the wood of the cross, I don't think it'd be a bad thing. But most people, when they do it, and, and again, I think there is a bit of a cultural element as well, just like the idea of throwing coins in the fountain. Like, if people do this, they don't seriously believe that this can make any kind of real difference if they knock on wood to the situation. But maybe it is best simply to uh, say a prayer instead. All right, now what about question number nine? Holy water. Holy water. This, this, is, this is something that people get wrong all the time. Holy, true or false, holy water is only a symbol, not something with power attached to it. If you treat it as having power, you are superstitious. Hmm. Well, guess what? Holy water is, in fact, a sacramental. And, and, and we're going to try to get a question about this in here in just a second. It's a sacramental, 
and it does have some power uh, through the prayer and authority of the church. It's blessed by a priest or a bishop, uh, and it really uh, is not to be treated as ordinary water at that point. Uh, let's go to line two. Let's go to Aaron in Hastings, Michigan. Hey, Aaron, it's good to hear from you once again. Thanks for calling in. Hey, Kale. Thanks for taking my call. Um, my question is, how would you explain the difference between a sacrament and a sacramental? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's actually a really, really good question. And um, and this is very, very related to this whole idea of holy water and other sacramentals. Um so a sacrament, if you go back to the old Baltimore Catechism, which I love, the, this very simple Q&A format, what is a sacrament? A sacrament is an, an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace. Now, for us, grace is not just God's divine favor, but it, it's actually the life of God. It's the very life of God that's given to us, for example, in baptism, the sacrament of baptism. So... There's that. Now, a sacramental, here's what the 1983 Code of Canon Law says. What's the definition of a sacramental? It's, quote, sacred signs by which effects, especially spiritual effects, are signified in some imitation of the sacraments. Okay, so it's not a sacrament. It's It's in some ways an imitation of a sacrament and are obtained through the intercession of the church. Okay, so that's okay. Now again, we're, we're going to have a little bit, a little bit more on this from the Second Vatican Council, Sacrosanctum Concilium, uh, the Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy. It also says sacramentals uh, have an ability to signify effects of a spiritual nature, particularly which are obtained through the intercession of the Church. By them, men are disposed to receive the chief effect of the sacraments in various occasions in life, are, are rendered holy. So uh, holy water is a really good example because the water becomes holy water when it's blessed by a priest. Then it's used in baptism. We don't use just ordinary water. We use holy water. And man, we're going to have to leave it there. So <laughs> sacramentals are good. Sacramentals are good. And hopefully you uh, thought the show was good. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Jim Shaper produced. We'll finish off the quiz tomorrow. Young Thomas took your phone calls. Stay tuned for Timory and the Family Rosary Across America. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.